American Catholic History is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hello and welcome to American Catholic History. If you like our podcast, help others find it by giving us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Noelle Heaster-Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Today we're talking about a site we will see on our upcoming pilgrimage to the Kentucky Holy Land and Bourbon Country, the historic St. Rose Priory. I'm so excited to see St. Rose and its surrounding grounds. By all accounts, this is a very peaceful, very beautiful place, and the historic value is tremendous. This pilgrimage will be August 9th to 14th, 2021, and we hope you'll all join us. Learn more at our website, AmericanCatholicHistory.org slash pilgrimages. St. Rose Priory is the original home of the Dominicans here in the United States. These days, the Dominicans are all over the country and there are four provinces, but humble St. Rose in the Kentucky countryside is where it all started. It's interesting that the Dominicans' first establishment in the U.S. was out in what was then the western frontier. Dominicans are mendicants, which would suggest that they'd stay near the cities, but here in the U.S., they established themselves out in a setting much more suited to Benedictines, frankly. We'll talk about that and other interesting elements soon. Right. There are a number of threads that come together here, so we'll start the story in earnest. The story starts with Edward Fenwick. Edward Fenwick was born on August 19th, 1768 in St. Mary County, Maryland, to one of the old Catholic families in Southern Maryland. His father, Ignatius, was an officer in the military who served as a colonel on the American side in the Revolution. Fenwick's mother was from the Tawny family, so through her, Edward was related to the future Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Roger Tawny. The Fenwicks were fairly well-to-do. When Edward was 16, he was sent to Belgium for school at the College of the Holy Cross. Holy Cross was run by French Dominicans, with some English friars there also. In 1788, Edward decided to join the Dominicans, taking the name Dominic. He was ordained a priest in 1793 and commenced to teach. While that was happening in Belgium, things were getting dicey in France. The French Revolution exploded and anti-Catholic persecution began to spread. Thousands of Catholics were executed, including many bishops, priests, and religious. In 1794, the anti-Catholic forces of France invaded Belgium and took the College of the Holy Cross, imprisoning those Dominicans who hadn't already fled to England. Father Dominic had to prove his American citizenship before he was released. When he finally was, he too fled to England. He taught there in England for a few years, but then in the first few years of the 1800s, he proposed to his superiors going back across the Atlantic to establish a Dominican presence in America. One explicit reason for this was to give the province a better chance of survival. England didn't exactly have a history of treating Catholics well, though things had improved by this point. Meantime, the continent was increasingly hostile to Catholic priests now that France had lost its mind and was exporting its madness. On the other hand, while the American colonies had a spotty history of Catholic tolerance, this new republic had shown great promise for liberty. And at any rate, the likelihood was smaller that all of these places would decide to kill all the priests at the same time. So the Dominican province stood a better chance of survival if an establishment was made in America. 
probably also just really liked the idea of going back to his home country and establishing a Dominican presence there. Yeah, probably. So Fenwick was encouraged and aided in his endeavor by the assistant to the master of the Dominican province of Great Britain, a Dominican priest named Luke Concannon. Concannon was an Irishman, but he would eventually be connected to the United States when he was named the first bishop of New York in 1808. However, he died before he could cross the ocean to take possession of his diocese. Again, that's another story, but it shows two things. One, a reason why the early history of the Diocese of New York is so contentious. And two, that this was an incredibly small Catholic world back when the church was getting established here in the U.S. Anyhow, so Fenwick wrote to John Carroll, who was Bishop of Baltimore. Baltimore was still the only diocese in the country at this point. Bishop Carroll was desperate for priests, so he was happy to welcome some Dominicans. In 1804, Fenwick, accompanied by one confrere, an Englishman, crossed the sea and landed in Baltimore. Once in America, Carroll asked Fenwick not to establish their school in Baltimore or another East Coast big city. The real need was for missionaries to go west of the Appalachians. In particular, he asked them to assist Father Stephen Baden in increasingly Catholic Kentucky. Father Baden was the first priest ordained in the United States, and he had been the only permanent priest ministering to the growing Catholic community in the area around Bardstown, Kentucky, since 1794. Yes, and as we talked about in episode 43, that area had been settled by Catholics from Southern Maryland, led by Basil Hayden, who began making the trek over the Appalachians in the late 1780s. More families had come, and those families kept growing, as all good Catholic families do. Of course. So there were more Catholics. All of this growth would lead to Bardstown becoming its own diocese in 1808, but like the extraordinary life of Father Stephen Baden, that's a story for another day. But what is relevant here is the oddity of asking Dominicans to go be missionaries in a fairly rural part of the country. As we mentioned a few moments ago, Dominicans setting up shop in the middle of the countryside is not typical. No, Dominicans are mendicant friars, which means that they go out among the people to minister. This is in contrast to monks like Benedictines who take a vow of stability, so their lives of prayer and work are centered at the monastery. Dominicans live in community at the friary, but their work is outside those walls. And since Dominicans have a mission of going out among the people to preach and teach, that generally means they stay near population centers. Right. But here's Bishop Carroll asking them to go out to a part of his diocese that is still very sparsely populated. It was growing, yes. There were a few thousand Catholics spread out across central Kentucky, but even the largest cities weren't huge. Barstown only had about 580 people in 1800, and Springfield was just 200 people. So we're talking about a well-dispersed population. Father Dominic initially balked at the idea of establishing his Dominican motherhouse out in the Kentucky frontier, but then he visited. He was so taken by the countryside, and especially by the warmth and deep faith of the people, that he agreed to make it happen in Kentucky. Two additional Dominicans, two more Englishmen, crossed the pond to join them in 1805, and the four of them settled in 1806 on a 500-acre farm which Fenwick purchased near Springfield, Kentucky. They immediately began building a priory and a church, 
which they dedicated to the first canonized saint of the New World, the Third Order Lay Dominican St. Rose of Lima. The new province for the New World was erected by the master of the Dominican Order in 1805, and he named it in honor of St. Joseph. Now there was a brand new province, four friars, and a newly built church and priory in the middle of the Kentucky frontier. And since they also set up a school, this became the first Catholic educational institution west of the Appalachians. This school benefited from one unhappy event, the death of Bishop Luke Concanon. He had contributed a lot to the establishment of St. Rose, and when he died in Naples in 1810, he bequeathed his own library to the priory and school. That school for boys and young men was named in honor of St. Thomas Aquinas, and it did have one noteworthy graduate. Jefferson Davis, the future president of the Confederate States of America. Not one you'd be proud of, but certainly noteworthy. But as we said a couple of times now, this was not a typical setup for Dominicans, and that had an impact. Friars had to work hard on their farming to eke out a living. Plus, being in a rural setting, they had to spend a lot of time on horseback to travel to the larger cities as well as among the smaller communities. They would even go many, many miles out of their way to visit individual families. All of this meant that the Dominicans of the province of St. Joseph were not able to spend as much time devoted to studies, or even to common prayer, as Dominicans typically do. This had an impact on the development of the province for many decades. And being so far from population centers meant that there were fewer young men exposed to them, which meant fewer native vocations. Many decades later, they still only had about 50 friars, and just under half of them were native-born. Most of them still came from Europe. But they were doing wonderful missionary work, and they were instrumental in establishing the church in that region. In 1808, they experienced the great joy of seeing Bardstown made a diocese with the Sulpician priest Benedict Joseph Faget made its first bishop. Faget set about organizing an effort to build a new cathedral in Bardstown, but that took a couple of years. Meantime, he used the Dominicans' St. Rose Church as his cathedral. So while St. Joseph in Barstown is called the Proto-Cathedral because it was the first church actually designated as a cathedral, St. Rose really can lay claim to being the first place the bishop used as a cathedral west of the Appalachians. Also in 1808, Father Fenwick crossed the Ohio River for the first time into the newest state of the Union, Ohio, which had become a state in 1803. Ohio had had many missionaries come through from time to time, but there really hadn't been a priest dedicated to regular visits. Bishop Carroll asked Fenwick to take on that role, so he began to visit the Catholic enclaves of southern Ohio every few months, eventually erecting the first Catholic church in Ohio, St. Joseph's Church in Somerset, in 1818. He was so effective at building the church in southern Ohio that when Cincinnati was made a diocese just four years later, in 1822, Father Fenwick was named its first bishop. St. Rose remained the center of Dominican life for many decades, but changes came for the province and for St. Rose over the years. For one, the center for the theological training for Dominicans shifted from St. Rose up to St. Joseph in Somerset, Ohio in 1841. St. Thomas had closed in 1828, but St. Rose remained a place of education. Eventually, the home of Dominican intellectual formation moved to the Priory of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., what is commonly known as the Dominican House of Studies. 
The home base of the province also eventually moved to the East Coast, where it presently sits at St. Vincent Ferrer Priory in New York City. But St. Rose remained there, just outside of Springfield, Kentucky, to serve the local community. In 1855, due to tremendous growth in the population, the building was expanded significantly. In fact, if you see the building now, which you will if you join us on our pilgrimage to the Kentucky Holy Land and Bourbon Country in August of this year, you should get details at AmericanCatholicHistory.org slash pilgrimages. And listen to the hillbilly Thomists from the Dominican House of Studies. Urban Bluegrass and the Bible. Who very obligingly wrote us a theme song for our pilgrimage. Fantastic. <laughs> so the only part of the current St. Rose that is the original church is actually the sanctuary. The present Gothic nave and the octagonal tower with its distinctive crown are all the newer part dating to this 1854-1855 expansion. In 1867, a larger priory was built so that it could include a seminary. Moving right through the 20th century and into the 21st century, St. Rose no longer has an operating farm or a seminary, and a number of the old buildings were torn down 40-plus years ago. But it still is an operating parish. Yeah, in fact, the pastor of that parish recently contacted us about meeting our pilgrimage when we're there. Looking forward to it. The province of St. Joseph no longer covers the entire United States. It has been joined by three other provinces. But Dominicans in cities from coast to coast still acknowledge St. Rose in rural Kentucky as the mother of their life here in America. And it is a standing testament to the work of Father Dominic Fenwick and the earliest Dominicans who were willing to accept the hardships necessary to help build up the faith in the Kentucky frontier. You've been listening to American Catholic History on the StarQuest Production Network. If you've been enjoying our podcast, please help others find it by sharing this episode and by giving us a five-star rating and a good review. We also ask you to support the many productions of SQPN at sqpn.com give. To learn more about Father Fenwick, St. Rose, and the Dominicans, to find previous episodes, or to learn about our upcoming pilgrimages to important and unforgettable Catholic holy sites like the Kentucky Holy Land and Bourbon Country, please visit AmericanCatholicHistory.org. We also love feedback and hearing about great Catholic history sites and stories from all over. You can email us at history at sqpn.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Catholic History, on Instagram at ACH underscore podcast, or follow StarQuest on Twitter at SQPN. I'm Noelle Heaster Crow. And I'm Tom Crow. Thank you once again for joining us on American Catholic History, produced by StarQuest.